We are back. Welcome to another season of the CHL Top 10 Show. My name is Scott Van Kunit, and our first episode of the year, you'll hear from the GM and captain of the Saginaw Spirit, who just so happened to be host of the 2024 Memorial Cup presented by Dow. With nearly a decade at the helm of the Saginaw Spirit, GM Dave Drinkle, armed with a new three-year extension, is like a kid on Christmas as he prepares his team to be the first American club to host the Memorial Cup since the Spokane Chiefs did back in 1998, 25 years ago. We talk about his relationship with Coach Lazary, how bidding on the Memorial Cup changed the course of a team that features young stars like Michael Misa and Zane Parekh, how he plans to use all of those draft picks acquired in the Pavel Minchikov trade, and the importance of taking time throughout the season to enjoy the ride. Here's Dave Drinkle. Really excited to welcome today the... GM of the franchise that will host the Memorial Cup presented by Dow next spring. That's Saginaw's GM, Dave Drinkle. Dave, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. It's, uh, you know, weather's a, a little bit rainy, but that's kind of what we expect this time of year. Um, can you believe it's already your your ninth season in Saginaw? I know. It's crazy. I said one thing. Um, people talk to me like, what's the biggest thing you've learned since you became a GM? In Saginaw, I said the nine years flies by really quick. Um, it feels like yesterday, you know, I got the job and, you know, I was meeting everybody for the first time in our first draft. And now I'm seeing guys that we drafted play in the NHL and, you know, have kids and all these type of things. So it definitely goes by real quickly. Well, let's let's start there. Guys that you've drafted and playing in the NHL, the, the first one that comes to my mind is Cole Perfetti in, in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, what does it mean to you when you see him you know, getting the, the second line center job in Winnipeg this year, and he's still so young. No, I'm very proud. You know, when you bring in a guy like Cole and you meet him right away and his family and, and how he was raised and his work ethic and talent, um, you obviously know he's going to have an NHL career ahead of him, but a lot of things have to go right in the junior hockey world. You know, he has to develop into the player that you think he can be, and our coaching staff did a great job with that, and obviously he took the ball and ran with it, and um, to see him doing well now and healthy and coming into a big year for Winnipeg. And then the news that they just signed Shifley and, and Hellebuck there. It's a big news for that franchise and for Cole. And I'm definitely excited for him. And then, you know, seeing Minchikov named on the, the Anaheim opening night roster for now and hopefully he sticks there to start the year and, and gets a game or two in early and, and gets his feet wet in the NHL right away. Um, a very cool moment because it seems like yesterday – I was there with the U-17s and Swift Current and saw him playing for the first time for Team Russia. And, you know, that's going back a few years now. And, and like we mentioned off the top, time definitely flies. But at the end of the day, we do this job to uh, put these players to where they want to go into the NHL. And, and it's a proud moment for any organization when it happens. Well, under your guidance, we've seen some of the best hockey coming out of Saginaw over the last nine years. And you were recently re-upped for another three years. What, is that, uh, what does that mean to you to have that faith shown by ownership group? Yeah, no, it means a lot. You know, the trust that they put in myself. Um, you know, I always say I, I don't have a job. I do something that I love for a living. And to allow me to keep on doing that in a place that I that I call home now. And um, I always say anybody that knows me knows I'm very passionate about Saginaw and the community. And, and it really means a lot to me and how they brought me in. So to be able to continue doing what we're doing and, and being with my head coach, Chris Lazary, and building what we've done and, and what we believe is an elite franchise in the CHL now and how far we've come since day one and, and the things we've continued to build on uh, means a lot. We're excited. I'm extremely happy. I'm humbled to keep having this opportunity and it's up to me to keep producing a, a good winning team for the owners that do everything for us. 
And and how important was it for you to get get Chris signed to to an extra three years as well to to keep pace with you? For me, it was a no brainer. Uh, like Vlad, I think is one of the best junior coaches in the CHL, and I think eventually he's going to move on up. But for now, um, we're happy to have him here in Saginaw. And, and if he's coaching in our league, he's not going to coach anywhere but but in Saginaw with me in my mind. So um, we work hand in hand. Um, you know, we work. We have a working relationship. We have a friendship. We have a brotherhood. Um, I can't say enough good things about Chris and, and what he brings to the organization every day, his work ethic, his talent as a coach, his desire to be the best and, and instill that into our team. Um, it's hard to find. So when you have that in a coach and, and you really believe in him and you have that kind of working relationship and then friendship on top of it, I think it's a special thing. And I think both of us realize it and we're happy to continue to be together here for the next few years. You've been around the league for a long time now. How hard is it to get a, a, a good working relationship like that and for this long, especially? You know, it's tough. You know, I, I've, I've been in my former job with Dale Howard, Chuck, and, and stroke up a friendship with him and, you know, and obviously other coaches along the way. But to be rowing in the same direction, and, and by that, I don't mean you have to agree on everything. Nobody's a yes man here by any means. We do butt heads and disagree on different things. But at the end of the day, um, when decisions are made, we know we both have each other's back and, and we're heading in the same direction with that decision. But um, it's definitely tough. I think people have different agendas at different times. Um, but for Chris, it's not like that with him and I. And we have something that I think and I know he thinks is special and um, we'll continue building and that and that funnels down to the players. But it all starts at the top with ownership, down to myself, down to Chris and his staff. And then the players can feed off that as well. And I think in my time being in junior hockey, when players know that you know, the ownership and management and coach and everybody's on the same page. I think it makes it a lot easier and, and definitely helps build that culture within your room and your organization. Well, this year you, you bring in Jake Grimes as an assistant coach who obviously has loads of experience, including some Memorial Cup experience. How important was it to you to, to bring in a guy with that kind of experience to, to help Chris out on the bench? Yeah, when we were looking in the offseason to fill that associate coach role, um, we wanted somebody with experience in the league, somebody who can – Laz can lean on a little bit for, you know, help in different things. And, and to Laz's credit, he kind of sought out Jake and, you know, he was coaching at the University of Waterloo at the time. And uh, we met with Jake and Laz talked to him obviously a ton and we're able to come, come up to a deal for him to come to Saginaw. And for Jake, you know, he's been in Memorial Cups. He's been a player in the league. He's been, you know, a pro. Um, he's had an injury shortened career. He's kind of been, been there, done that. And our players can lean on that and we can lean on that as a staff. Um, you know, and he happened to be on the staff, you know, in Guelph that beat us in game seven in the conference finals a few years ago. So that's always an ongoing joke around the room that maybe doesn't sit lightly with, with Laz and I. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's different things that we can ask him. And, you know, you've been in this Memorial Cup, what worked, what didn't, um, even little things off the ice for team building. And that experience to us was really valuable. And we're happy to have Jake as part of the organization. Well, like we mentioned, Memorial Cup, uh, you know, I know you guys are excited. First American OHL team to ever host, first American team to host since 1998. What was the reaction? I, I know you've talked about it quite a bit, but what was that reaction and how excited were you guys when you finally got that news, even just to know that you were going to make the bid? Because as soon as you guys announced that you're making the bid, the wheels started turning and you guys started preparing for this. For sure. I think um, when ownership approached me, basically at this time last year about, you know, the thoughts about potentially putting our name in for the bid. And 
I was real supportive of it as a general manager. I knew we had a really good team last year at the time. We could have easily pushed and added to that. But I, I said to our ownership, if we're going to do it, this is the time to do it, you know, with Michael Misa and Prack and the players we had at the time. And, um, you know, when we decided to make that bid, it definitely changed the course a little bit for our team, which was very tough. Um, made tough decisions on the organization, on myself, on our coach, uh, moving some players out that we were going to put them in a position for them to, have a chance to win the championship last year because knowing we were bidding on the cup we weren't going to make a push last year um so that part was tough but then you don't know if you're going to be selected right to to win the bid you know we put our best foot forward on the ice off the ice craig goslin and his staff did a phenomenal job with the bid process and what we can do here in saginaw and how we can showcase it um but you know you make these trades you, you kind of dismantle a little bit of a real good team last year and to play your young guys to get them ready for for the memorial cup and when we got that call, um, you know, I was scouting the OHL Cup in Toronto and, and Chris called me to say that ownership had called him and they were on, his way, on their way to his house. Um, so I knew it was going to go one way or the other. Um, I just paced around the parking lot till they called me back and then they let me know that I had a feeling, you know, when they were on their way to, the, to his house that we had it. But to get that call, it was a very surreal moment, quiet on the phone. I, I didn't know really what to say. I knew I was extremely excited being in Ontario boy growing up following the memorial cup so much in my life um that now we're in it now the hard work starts but we have a chance to um do something special here in saginaw and really showcase the community that i'm very proud of when when you had time to sit and and process that and know that you're actually going for it did you and Laz sit down and just kind of start circling names and and looking at what kind of pieces you had to to take the next steps yeah, for sure. I, the process started a, a long time, you know, before that. You're always kind of projecting out what your team's going to be like the next year or not. And if you wanted to, you know, maybe make some moves to make your team better that year, what's your team going to be like returning if those happen? So we kind of always have those discussions. I have an ongoing, uh, um, you know, projected rosters years, years out down the road. Um, obviously, if changes happen and and no um, no lines linear to the top, but. Um, definitely sat down what pieces we need, what pieces might be available next year. If we're going to do this, uh, you know, I had to explain to our coaching staff that we need a lot of draft picks because in our league, you, you do try to acquire players for draft picks, similar to what we did last year by moving Minchikov for nine draft picks. And very tough at the time to look at your team and your staff and your, and your fans really and say, we didn't get a player back. We just got draft picks, but those draft picks indirectly will turn into players for this year's bid or this year's uh, run at the cup and the first domino that kind of fell last year was moving you know josh bloom and Braden hislop to north bay i'm um, getting a lot of draft picks in that deal that i indirectly flipped to to barry for hate hunter hate who's a huge part of um our team right now and, and what we feel is one of the best players in the league and and off to a great start so definitely a long-winded answer but your wheels are always turning as a gm and and i, I work in conjunction with laz i he, he knows everything I'm thinking at all times and, and vice versa. I just believe that you need that cohesiveness with your coach. I don't want to bring in a player that he doesn't like. I don't want to bring in a player that, and force him to play him. Um, but in turn, you know, he'll challenge me to, you know, bring in different players he wants and I'll challenge him back, the players that we need to actually fit this roster. So definitely the working relationship going back to what we talked about earlier definitely plays a huge role in it in my mind. And then this summer, you know, you, 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 you reach out to Marty Williamson once again, and uh, and you bring in Braden Hache. What was it about Braden the player that made you want to bring him in? And what is it about Braden the person 
that made him the right fit for the captaincy this year? Yeah, we always knew a lot about Braden going back to his minor hockey days. And, and I'll talk about him as a player first, because I could talk to you about for hours about the type of person he is. He's, he's a great young man. And But as a player, you know, we got traded from Kingston to Barry last year at the deadline. And, and we always thought he was a great player and a great pickup for Barry. But then watching that team in the playoffs and the role he played and how he helped support Brand Clark, who's a phenomenal player, um, and what he what he did for that organization, I thought his game really grew. I, he was a target of mine right away when I saw Barry play and once he got into that Barry uniform and the, and the type of player he'd become there. And but we didn't know if he'd be back in our league as an overager. So, you know, and then Marty wasn't really thrilled on the idea of maybe moving on from Braden because they loved him and Barry and what he brought for that organization. So a lot of talks throughout the summer, and I'm sure I bugged Marty a lot on the phone, but when we found out that maybe there's a chance Braden was going to be back, um, you know, he's obviously number one target for me to show up our back end, show up our leadership and OA position. And um, we were up lucky enough to strike that deal and get him here before training camp, which I thought and Chris thought was very crucial to be here from the get-go and be part of the messaging to our team in the Memorial Cup year. And, and just everything you hear about him as a person, how good of a kid he is and young man he is, is all true and, and more. He came in and he has a presence about him, um, the way he includes everybody, the way gets the message from myself and Chris to the team so clearly and help push the guys on and off the ice. He's a true leader by every sense of the word. And, you know, we had a lot of good leaders in that room and it was still a tough decision to name him captain, you know, Hunter Haight, Dean Locust, those guys easily could have been our captain as well. But ultimately we went with Braden and, um, you know, we do a leadership by committee group. Everybody's involved in decisions, but him as a captain, um, getting to know him real quickly, it was, um, it was a choice that we were extremely comfortable with and I know he's going to thrive in it. What does he do for a guy like Zane Parekh? You mentioned him playing alongside Brant Clark, um, obviously another offensive defenseman. What does he do for Zane? Well, I think with Zane, he's paired on and off with Zane right now. We're still trying to figure out our deep pairings earlier in the year. But, you know, Zane, we need him to be that offensive catalyst, that guy who's up the ice creating plays. And anybody who's watched Zane Parekh play, you know, he grabs the puck in open ice or in the offensive zone, you, you perk up because something might happen here. Um, offensively for your team. He's a special player, a special talent, and there's a reason why he did what he did last year in our league, and he's a highly touted prospect for this year's draft. But Braden's just that calming influence. He has a ton of offensive upside in his game as well. Braden does that we're going to keep pushing to get out of him because I think there is a two-way defenseman there. But so sound defensively, um, able to get back, able to add a little bit of um, physical presence to that deep pairing or decor in general. Um, and again, just be a guy that Zane can lean on for advice. You know, Braden's been in the league now for five years and been to NHL camps and been NHL drafted and, and played NHL exhibition games. And I think Zane going into his draft year, wanting all that, um, has a guy that he can lean on now on the back end and hang out with and, and kind of be a mentor um, for him. And I think, you know, Braden can look at what happened with Brant Clark and lean on experience with him as well. Cause I think Zane and Brant are similar players and, um, definitely worked out for Brant last year as well in Barry. What What do you kind of hope for to see from Zane this year? Um, you know, in his draft year, like you mentioned, he's projected to be a first round pick next June. What What kind of growth do you want to see in his game? I don't want you to, you know, throw numbers out there, but he's he's set the the bar pretty high for himself already. For sure, he has, and I think the best part about Zane is that he wants to he wants that bar set high and he wants to exceed it. You know, he he's driven. Um, he's fun to watch. He's fun to be around. Um, he's so talented. 
on the back end. He makes other players better. And I think for myself, I think his offense will always be there. And, and you know, talking to everybody, just shoring up his own ends. Um, I think he doesn't get enough credit for the way he does defend. I think people look at him and and say, oh, he doesn't defend hard enough or he doesn't do this in his own end. Well, Zane's very, very smart. He doesn't need to get in the bodies all the time and, and get into physical puck battles in order to win, you know, spots in the D zone. If you really watch how active his stick is and how he reads the play, he breaks up so many things before they happen um, that he doesn't have to get into that type of positioning in that battle. But he does need to, obviously, if that happens, he need to get into those puck battles hard and keep working on his defensive play. But he needs to learn to do that without taking away from his offense. And um, so far, so good. You know, he put up four assists the other night um, and he's had a good start to the year. But Definitely, I know that's something Zane's cognizant about. He's working on very hard on his defending. But, again, I, I think he doesn't get enough credit how smart he is and how much he breaks up plays before they even happen. How much does do, do Zane and, and Michael Misa kind of push each other? You know, obviously, Zane could have easily won in any other year the OHL Rookie of the Year. Ends up that teammate Michael Misa wins it. How much do those guys push each other? Well, they push each other a lot, um, you know, growing up and playing the GTHL against each other and now with us and then, you know, the Ivan Lincoln together. <clears throat> the best part about, you know, Zane and Michael is they don't talk about the rookie of the year and Zane doesn't hold any ill will towards Michael. I'm sure he's proud of him, but there's not another good thing about Michael. They, they're just one of the team, part of the guys in the team want to win, um, want to well, obviously want to be great players because if they're great players, they're going to help our team win. But, um, you know, there's a lot of attention on those two everywhere we go and, um, they're both humble. They take it in stride and they want to be the best, but you know, there's a lot of pressure on them as well. And it's pretty impressive to see how they've handled it so far. And it's up to us to make sure that they keep handling that pressure properly. And we're there for them, you know, in a support role to be there on and off the ice. But, you know, in practice, I think, you know, even with our team, not just Michael, but the Hunter hate and Sapovalov and Joey Willis, it's only going to make Zane better going against those guys every day in practice. And, and I think they kind of meet Michael and Zane kind of thrive, thrive off each other, kind of being similar age group, um, highly touted guys kind of pushing each other on, on the ice for sure. And definitely off the ice, they're tight. So um, it's fun to watch these two grow. You know, you see them come back this year now after a year in our league and, and they, their bodies are changing, their faces are changing. They're becoming young men right before your eyes. And um, I always think that's the cool, the cool thing about being in junior hockey for sure. And, and watching them, you know, hopefully go live the dream that, you know, they want. What did uh, you mention the Hill and Kogretzky? What did going there together and and then coming back as champions uh, do for them heading into this season? You know, I think they can bring a lot back to our team. I think at the start and even throughout the tournament, maybe they have to adapt different roles. You know, um, they both ended up being you know power play guys there and go to guys, but off the start, you got to fight for that kind of positioning. And I think going forward, the rest of their careers, that's a good thing for them to learn that. You know, just because you're a high NHL pick doesn't mean you're going to be on the first power play within a couple of years. You know, you still got to keep proving and getting better every day and, and earn that role. But I think being over there and, and winning the gold medal, they real, there was a tight game, obviously, in the gold medal game, and they've learned what it takes to win. And I think a lot of that, too, they could learn last year in the playoff series against Flint. I think our first-round battle felt almost like a final because of the rivalry and the first time playing each other and, and the fan bases. It, it was a great you know, seven game series. And I think that'll help them go to the link as well and kind of use that kind of drive and not panic when you get down by a goal or if you blow a game, it's not over. Um, kind of lean on some experience that they used. And I think that's a good thing for them coming back this year. You've been around lots of other exceptional players in, in the OHL. 
obviously closer uh, to Aaron Ekblad out of Barrie. How is how is Michael similar? Um, you know, obviously completely different positions, but just you know the the mentality that these guys have, their approach to the game. Um, how is he different than some of the other guys you've seen on the ice? I think him and Aaron are very um, similar in terms of that they don't seem as young as they are. You know, when you meet them at 15 years old, and I remember meeting Aaron at 15, he was a man already and very mature in the way he can you can speak to you as an adult and do media and everything at that age is real, real impressive. And and I think there's a reason the Hockey Canada let guys like them in um, at a young age because they are so impressive and, ma- and mature off the ice. But the way they just want to be the best. And Aaron was the same way. I, I mentioned it earlier. They don't want it to be about them. Michael doesn't want it to be about him, even though a lot of attention gets brought to him on the road and at home. Um, they just want to be one of the guys, want to fit in. They joke around, you know, their kids at the end of the day and, and their teammates with everybody on that team. And um, But just in practice, the way they both pushed, <clears throat> the way they, they see the ice, it feels like at times they're a step ahead. Um, you know, but both need, needed work at a young age. It's a very hard league to adjust to for any young hockey player, whether you're 17, 18, or 15, like they were in terms of Aaron and Michael. But um, you look at what Aaron did at, at in his 15-year-old year and now what Michael did last year. Um, unfortunately, the injury cut him short a little bit, but still his points per game and what he did for our team before that and then coming back from the injury and playing hard in the playoffs for us. That they're, they're impressive, young, elite players. Um, and young men off the ice, that's for sure. And the biggest similarity is just kind of who they are as people and how they were raised and their families, very similar um, kind of background, great families that keep them humble, push them in school. We push them in school as well. Um, And I think that's a big similarity there. You guys started off the season as the the fourth-ranked team in the CHL. Uh, Once again, the fourth-ranked team in the CHL this week in the CHL Top 10 rankings. did you guys obviously you're going to have a target on your back this year as as host of the Memorial Cup? Do you do you sit the guys down and you know kind of talk about how to deal with the expectations and the and the pressure of being Memorial Cup hosts? Uh, Laz and his staff does a great job, kind of keeping our guys grounded. We have a lot of internal goals. You know, everybody talks about the Memorial Cup and and they and they should. You know, we're hosting it and it's very exciting, knowing that we're going to be there. But our intention isn't just to be there. Like we're there to win our way in. Um, win the tournament but we have little goals along the way we want to win the west division um, win the western conference you know all these types of things that so we've kind of taken the focus away from the memorial cup with our team and just focused on these little goals attaining them along the way and um, you know they're with the you know the show about our team coming out and I think it's all really good for our guys to kind of um, embrace it early on there's going to be cameras there's going to be a lot of talk about our organization throughout the year which is great well deserved um, but our players are, are good kids. They're grounded. They're driven. Um, you know, and our coaching staff, Chris and Jake and Garrett, and down to our training staff, they do a great job with their guys, kind of just preparing them for everything that's ahead. And um, ultimately, they're going to have to go through these different steps along the way to to learn it. But I think we're at a good starting foundation, and our guys are kind of prepared with what we're getting into. And um, I've been impressed with the way they've handled everything so far. How important is it for them to be able to, and yourselves the and the coaching staff to to be able to soak in the experience as you guys go along here? You know, that was the biggest advice given to myself from people that have hosted before. You know, you get caught up in it. It's a lot. You know, you're stressed out at times, but you're trying to make your team better. And, you know, if you lose a game or two, 
you know, it's going to happen, but try to enjoy it. That was the biggest um, advice I got. Try to sit back and enjoy it as much as you can. Um, and, and I've taken that advice to heart, you know, it, it's going to be a, a long journey along the way with ups and downs, but it's up to me to stay even keel throughout it and, uh, make sure that feeds down to our staff and players and, and just kind of keep the same messaging that, you know, where we're at, what we're trying to do here and what we're trying to accomplish, but definitely, um, enjoy the, the process and the ride because you only go through it one time and the huge, huge honor and, and huge thing for our team and our community. And, um, if you're ever down in Saginaw and the talk about it right now, it, it's phenomenal. You can't go anywhere without talking about it. And I think it's something that the, the city and the ownership in Saginaw really deserves. And, and I'm really happy that they got the opportunity to show what a great place it is. And it's a lot of fun, but uh, definitely stay grounded and, and uh, keep pushing towards your goal. You mentioned wanting to go in through the front door, winning the OHL championship. No team has been able to do that since Kitchener Rangers did it in 08. And no team has gone through the front door and then won the Memorial Cup since the 05 juggernaut London Knights. So what do you guys have to do to be able to do that? I know we're still a long ways away from playoffs and all of that, but what do you guys, how do you guys have to prepare and keep building your roster to be able to do that? I think just keep the foundation going. Like we have a strong foundation. Um, we have a great culture in the room. Um, just kind of keep, keep doing our thing with our coaching staff, keep building our guys up skill development systems, all those types of things, because ultimately, you know, you're going to be in that tournament. But again, it's a very, like you just mentioned, that's tough. It's tough to win your way in and it's tough to win your way in and then win the tournament. Um, it's the hardest trophy to win in sports. Um, so for us is keep, keep building it again. Don't get high. Don't get low. Um, keep the players on the same page, get everybody rowing in the same direction, which can be tough, especially in junior hockey. But I feel like our starting point's great here. Our players are great. Our players have bought in. They know what's on the line. Um, we reiterate it to them all the time going into the year, what a big year this is and what an opportunity they have as players here to do something special and um, just keep, again, building the way that we need to play and the way that we need to have this roster set to give ourselves the best chance to, to win that trophy at the end of the day. You mentioned that that first round series against Flint last year, and 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 then obviously uh, being swept by Sarnia in the second round. But what did that experience do? You had a pretty young roster. Um, how much is how important was having that experience going into this year? I think it was huge. I think it's kind of undervalued a little bit um, how important that round one was. You know, playing Flint was a real, real good team. They were an older team. They were heavy. They had skill. Um, but we always said that first round series felt like a game seven final the whole time, like the crowds were phenomenal and people were tailgating before games and it was rowdy and there was chanting and it, it was, you know, it was a series that had everything. It had three, one leads and games that were blown. There was three overtime games. There was a three, one series lead that we gave up to have to force game seven. Um, like it, it had a little bit of everything in it. And I think all those experiences are good for young players to go through. And the best part of our roster last year was that, you know, 21 guys were eligible to return and those guys all got valuable, valuable minutes throughout the playoffs and, and the grind of what it's going to take day in and day out to win. And that was only one round. Um, so we were lucky enough to win that. And it, it was quite exciting for our guys to be in that room after that game seven win. And we knew we were going to be up top in top against Sarnia, but um, we ended up getting swept against Sarnia, but you look at their team and Dylan Sika did a heck of a job and now in the tang with that team in Sarnia, but the games were actually tight, um, you know, game two overtime. Goodrow made a huge um, save in front off Theo Hill. They came down and scored. We win that game. It's 1-1 heading home. You never know what, what would happen after that. But 
again, uh, good learning experience for our guys and, and being up against that powerhouse Sarnia team. Um, what it really takes to try to get in the inside, try to get the tough areas and score goals is tough in the playoffs. And I think they had an eye opener of how tough it's going to be come Memorial Cup time. And for you and, and Coach Laz, you, you mentioned the, the 2019 um, losing to Guelph there. You guys ended up being up, you were up 3-1 and then ended up losing in game seven. But what did that experience, um, you know, seeing that Guelph team and that who eventually went on to the Memorial Cup, what did you guys learn from that on how to, you know, construct a team for a Memorial Cup championship? Yeah, no, we thought we had a really deep team. Um, you know, you look at guys and we tied it in game two. We always watched the Bodie Wild goal clip to tie it late and win in overtime. The guys that were actually on the bench that weren't even on the on the ice for the extra man, it showed you how good of a roster you actually have to have. Um, and we feel like we have that here as a starting point. Obviously, we're going to want to add a few pieces here and there to make it even stronger. But what we learned um, throughout that, the little details matter. Uh, pucks have to get out, you know, on the wall late in games. You can't turn over pucks in certain areas of the ice. And when you get opportunities, you have to really bear down and try to bury your chance because the opportunities in the playoffs are a lot tougher to come by. Um, we also learned that, you know, it's not over till it's over. You're up three games to one. Um, anything can happen in junior hockey and the flip can, and the switch can flip really quickly. Um, so don't take your foot off when you kind of have a team down. And it was a tough way to learn a lesson, a tough way to go through that playoff series. We had, you know, a few injuries, a few suspensions that, you know, really hurt our group, but no excuses. We didn't get there. And um, to go on to see Guelph win was definitely tough. But, you know, that followed up by a few COVID years. And now we're back here in a position where we can make a push again. It's um, exciting to be back in the chair here now. And now around, like you mentioned, the, there's a buzz around the, the Great Lakes Bay region. Uh, some improvements to the Dow Event Center. What are some of the improvements uh, that, that fans and, and, you know, people watching on CHL TV will see this year? Yeah, it's still undergoing um, construction right now, but it's definitely given the facelift. It's great in there. They put a lot of money and time into it. And again, credit to Craig Goslin and the community of Saginaw to get that done. But the whole new suite level up top is, is phenomenal. Um, bathrooms up top. The visitors' dressing rooms are getting renoed right now. The ice plant um, is going to be finished. Um, you know, an LED ribbon is going to be put in. It's still kind of on back order, but it's coming in here soon. And you know, just the whole way they've cleaned it up and, and the paint job, like it just looks totally different in there. It's brighter. It has a different vibe. Um, and if you're ever up top watching a game at the suite level, it's definitely different than it ever was and a phenomenal spot for fans to come watch the game and media to come cover the game. Um, different party decks on each end of the ice now to add that atmosphere as well. And um, our, I always thought our building is great. It's an older building, but when it gets people in there and get, it gets really loud really quickly, um, and when you get the 5,000 plus in there, like we had an opening night, close to 5,000 and, and you score a few goals, you know, our, our fans get into it and the tough place for visiting teams to come play. And I think, you know, come Memorial Cup time when everything's completely done and the renovations are completely done, it'll really show well um, for everybody watching at home or people that are fortunate enough to come to the Memorial Cup. And you also mentioned the, the Spirit Rising, the nine-part docuseries that you can watch on CHL TV. Uh, how exciting is it for the players to have the – the cameras around and, and have you guys following being followed around this season, but uh, to not get distracted by it as well. Very exciting. You know, we um, told our players right from the first day of camp, this was happening. You know, Jordan Henry at the league office is a phenomenal guy who just is great in terms of having a feel of when he can be around and, and when he doesn't want to be around, but he's just there and he's part of our team. Now it feels like, you know, he's in the dressing room, he's around the team whenever he's 
not every day, but when he's here once a month filming for the, for the show and our players, you know, talk to me like he's one of the staff, you know, I think, I think it's good. I think our guys are comfortable with it. Um, I think it's a good thing heading into the Memorial cup. If you watch the Memorial cup, you know, the TV crews are in there and intermissions filming things for commercial break. And, you know, I think that can be tough on players if they get a little bit nervous, they haven't had it before, but for us to be able to give that to them now throughout the year, it'll it'll kind of be second nature for them. Um, But in terms of the show, you know, I think it's phenomenally well done. It's been one episode. I know episode two is coming out here at the end of the month, Um, but for our players to be part of it. And again, showcasing our community to everybody that maybe doesn't really know much about, Saginaw in the Great Lakes Bay region and, and our team and our dressing room and our staff. Um, for me, I always say it'll be something I have my whole life. When I'm when I'm 80 years old, I can look back and, and watch this journey that we're on and hopefully it ends the way that we want it to end. But, you know, we just saw the first episode and the build up to it and you're reliving already, you know, what happened last year with the press conference and everything like that. And it gives you chills. So I know our players were excited that it was happening and then excited to have Jordan around and our first episode come out and like I said, I can't say enough good things about the production of it and the way Jordan conducts himself around the team. And like I said, he feels like he's part of the staff when he's around. So definitely uh, not as much of a distraction as you might think. You mentioned uh, your goaltender, Andrew Oak. People are going to look at uh, his his experience in the OHL or I, I suppose the, the lack thereof. Why are you so confident in heading into the season with with Andrew as your number one goalie? Yeah, so Andrew got a lot of experience at a young age in our league, and I think he has more experience in our league than people, you know, give him credit for. As a 17-year-old, his rookie year in the league, because we didn't play the year before, uh, Tristan Lennox got hurt, and Andrew played a lot of games for for a 17-year-old goalie on a team that we were in a in a rebuild at that time, and he fared extremely well. And to his credit, you know, with Tristan coming back last year, Andrew, you know, just bide his time, worked extremely hard. Um, kept working at his craft until he got the opportunity to be the number one, which he is here now. Um, but, you know, he's been part of two world juniors with Team USA. Um, again, played a lot of big moments. Even last year down the stretch, we were trying to solidify kind of that home ice position. And, and Tristan had an unfortunate little knee injury for, I think, two or three games in a row. Andrew took over. Kitchener, we won in overtime. Mississauga, he shut them out, I believe. It was 2 nothing, um, And he was phenomenal. He was the reason we won that game. So, um, he's played ga- big games for us. We have the utmost confidence in Andrew. Our players do. He's earned this. Um, and I think he's a goalie that um, has been to NHL camps. He's been to Arizona, been to Detroit, been in the World Juniors, been in a lot of big moments, even going back to his minor hockey career in Honeybake, the powerhouse Honeybake team he was on. Um, so we have a lot of faith in him. And um, through the first three games, he showed everybody what he can do. And, and we're extremely confident with him on the back end. We also talked a little bit about uh, all the assets at your disposal from from uh, you know the Michikov trade. Are you a are you the type of guy that wants to go out and get something done early? Are you constantly checking in with teams to see what where their mentality is at? Um, what, how does your thought process go with in regards to how you want to spend your your capital there? I'm definitely a, like a guy that likes to get things done early if I can. Um, it's extremely tough to do, but I think the longer you can have a player with your organization into the culture and being around the guys in the community is extremely important. I, I've had a habit of making big deals in November the last few times I've done this, including Hunter Hate last year. Um, but no, it, it takes two to dance that way. And, and definitely keeping in touch with all the colleagues around the league and different GMs and where they're at. Obviously right now, you know, we've played three games. Some teams have played six. So we're extremely early in the year and nobody's really not knowing which way they're wanting to go yet. But 
um, they definitely have my number um, with players that might be available and I'll keep checking in with them. You never want to bug teams, but you definitely want to be known that, Hey, if you're going to interested in maybe, you know, looking to rebuild this year and, and move a player for draft picks, like you, you definitely know that you have a, a suitor in myself. And I think it's a no brainer for other teams around the league to know that knowing that we're hosting and, um, but, you know, I also feel I have a good relationship with the other GMs around the league, and I think that goes a long way as well in, in terms of uh, the communication back and forth. Is it harder to make a deal with, you know, the, the teams knowing that you're hosting so they know you really want to make that that move and they can, you know, kind of leverage that against you? Uh, I'm not sure yet because the only move I really did uh, was with Barry with, with Hash A, but they had no A issue at the time too as well because they had a lot of good OAs that, you know, were returning to them and, um, but I, I don't, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, jury's still out on that one. But at the end of the day, you know, deals have to make sense for both teams. I don't, just because we're hosting, I'm not going to completely overpay. And just because I have a lot of draft picks doesn't mean I'm going to completely give up more draft picks just because I have them. I always say that the people, just because you have a lot of money, just doesn't mean you go throw it away because you have a lot of it. You know, you, you still buy things for the price that they're valued at. And um, not that I'm calling players assets but i mean just when you're going to add in terms of draft picks you need to make sure that you're you're using the right draft capital you have to be able to acquire the talent that you want to bring into your team and, and help you know give yourself the best chance to win for sure well the only ohl team that's currently ranked ahead of you guys in the chl top 10 rankings would be the the london knights um you know the, they seem to always be a, a powerhouse in the ohl you guys see them all the time in the western conference you don't face them until the 22nd of october but uh what do you guys have to do if you want to win the championship? You're going to end up having to go through London at one point. So what do you guys have to do to be able to beat London this year? Yeah, you know, London, that organization speaks for itself. They're always up there. You, you kind of think anytime that you want to make a push in the Western Conference, you're going to have to go through London at least. Um, that's a team at the top of your mind. You know, the Hunters do a phenomenal job. Mark works so hard. Um, he's out scouting every time I'm at a game. Mark Hunter's there. Um, so he, him and his staff work extremely hard. So it's not a coincidence that his team is built the way they are and they're always in contention. And um, for us to be able to compete with them, I think, you know, just put the, the deep roster together. They're going to have a good team. Obviously they have it. They're probably going to add to that team as well, I would assume. Um, so it'll be a test for our guys. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're going to be able to match up with them here in October, earlier in the year, see where we're at before either team's made any moves, see what we might need to add on. But I don't think you can focus just on one team you need to go through. You look at Own Sound's roster and, and Guelph and other teams in the West. I think the West is always really powerful. And this year, there's a lot of teams that can compete in the West. Um, so you don't want to look at one team and think, what do we have to do to beat that team? Because, you know, going back to that Guelph year in 2019, when we lost to Guelph, London was up 3 nothing on them. And we thought we were playing London in the conference finals. And then Guelph came back to beat them, right? So, and we ended up losing to Guelph. But no, you look at different teams that have won here before, the type of rosters they have, what they acquired at the deadline. Um, it's almost like a big research project that I do all the time and, and what really fits the puzzle pieces that you're trying to, to do with your team and what other teams have added to be able to do what they did. You know, you look what Hamilton did a few times, adding McTavish and Jack Guy. And, you know, before that with Thomas and guys like that, you know, they're significant ads and um, you know, help them, you know, get the ultimate goal of winning. And that's what we're going to have to do. But I definitely, uh, we definitely do look at London's roster and, and Sault Ste. Marie, another team that I never mentioned They're They're going to be a tough team to beat. Kyle Raptis and, and Diener's done a great job up there adding to that group. And, um, you know, they're a deep team that plays a certain way that's tough to beat. Um, so it's up to us to kind of focus more on what we can do for our team 
um, to get our team playing at the top of its game and and not worry as much about other teams. And you, you always can't contradict moves just because a team did something. You can't do it yourself. You have to really focus on what you need and, and put your best foot forward. Well, Dave, I'm not going to take up any more of your time today. This has been great. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck this season. No, I appreciate you having me on. Newly minted captain Braden Hache joins the spirit after stops in Kingston and Barrie, where he played alongside guys like Shane Wright and Brant Clark. Now entering his fifth year in the OHL, Hache is looking to lead his spirit to an OHL championship and a Memorial Cup title. We talk about the opportunity to join the spirit, the confidence shown by the coaching staff, how his experience can help with his new teammates, Misa and Parekh, the culture in Saginaw, and keeping an eye on what's happening in the WHL and QMJHL. Here's Brayden Hache. Sticking with the Saginaw Spirit theme today, my next guest was recently named the 24th captain in franchise history. It's defensive Brayden Hache. Brayden, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? I'm pretty good. Uh, starting to get settled in there in, in Saginaw? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Obviously, a couple weeks now past camp, so um, weekend into the season, a couple weekends in, so starting to get the groove of the everyday schedule, so yeah, things are good. What did it mean to you to be named not only captain of the Saginaw Spirit, but Memorial Cup hosting team, uh, you know, in such an, uh, such an important year for the franchise, and then to, to just come into the organization and then be named captain? What does that mean? Yeah, honestly, honored is really the the word that describes it uh, the best. But honestly, it's such a good group of guys and um, staff that I felt like I had played my whole career there within days. Um, it was so easy to come in, um, you know, with Laz. He does a great job, uh, drinks with the organization. Um, and just the guys, it's, it's so easy and fun to come to the rink every day. Um, and I think that's the biggest part about junior hockey, too, is coming and having fun and getting better every day and um, really just gelled with everyone really, really quickly. Um, and it's a group that all has the same mindset. and We know what's at stake every day. So um, the standards are high um, and I'm honored to be able to to wear the C for this team. Um, but there's so many leaders in this dressing room. Um, and such a good core group that, you know, we talked about that. We talk about that every day, how how strong our core group is and how far that will go as we add players and, and the team develops throughout the year. You guys have a good mix of, of youth and veterans on the team. How do you make sure as a, as a veteran that everybody does stay together in, in a good cohesive group? Well, I think the biggest thing is like – we're not we're not isolated in Saginaw, but there's not there's not around a lot around other than us. And I think the bit that's that's a blessing in a group like this where we spend so much time together that it's such a tight group because you know we hang out or it's you know hey let's go watch football tonight or you know all those things that go on top of being together at the rink all day. Um, it's such a fun group to be around and the mood the the way that the environment that is in the dressing room that Laz has created around the room and the relationship with the coaches and practices has created such a positive environment that everyone's in a good mood and willing to push each other and help each other. And um, it's, it's honestly just a super exciting place to be. Um, and we've got a lot of young talent, like whether they're young or they're an older per guy in this league, um, the talent is so high that we learn off each other. So it really doesn't, it doesn't matter in our group, whether you're, you know, 16 or 20, um, we're all we're all brothers. 
what kind of captain would you say that you are? What kind of leader are you? Yeah, a vocal leader for sure. Um, you know, I like to be a voice on the bench. Um, someone that the guys can rely on though. Um, approachable. Uh, really, if they need to ask me anything, that's the biggest thing that I've I've found in in leadership, um, which I've really taken a lot of pride in, is getting to know every player on a personal level. Um, I feel like that's that's the best thing you can do because certain guys need to be pushed harder in different ways than other guys, and you need to know players personally um, to do so. Um, and I feel like that was a big thing in um, my first couple weeks here is getting to know everybody as much as I could on a personal level um, and being able to not just talk hockey with them, but feel like they can come and talk to me about anything. Um, so really just being a, a good voice in the room, um, a guy that brings comfort to the boys um, and someone that the guys know will always have their back no matter what. Like a big, big, a good big brother. Yeah, exactly. Was there anybody on the roster that kind of surprised you that you, you know, you had kind of played against and, and had, um, you know, something that you had thought about them, but then when you met them, they were completely different? Um, not, it's, it's kind of hard because I, I, I found myself searching up, you know, the roster of the team because of COVID and different, you know, playing in the East. It, I really had only played these guys a couple of times, um, in my OHL career, I think four. Um, so really not, not a lot. I didn't know a lot. Um, I knew that they were, you know, a pain in the butt to play against in the D zone as a defenseman. So I've been adjusting to the offensive side of that system, but I think the players just really, um, you know, a guy like Dean Locus, who maybe a, a lot of guys around the league don't know his name. He's an overager for us. And um, he is one skilled player, like blew me away right off the hop. Um, I think he's going to have a great breakout year um, where, you know, he'll put a lot of teams on notice. And then obviously the the noticeable talent around, you know, Zane and, and Meese um, and those players and watching them go to work and, being challenged playing against them in practice every day has, has been awesome. Yeah. I know when you were younger, you used to do some officiating. Um, how did that experience kind of change how you interact out on the ice and, and maybe with teammates? Yeah, obviously I kind of, I grew up around the other side of the game, um, hockey in general, but um, yeah, obviously grew up around that side of the game. I think it's just, especially being a leader and older in this league, an older person in this league now, um, it's easier to be able to talk to officials, uh, know a lot of that side of the, of the game. Um, and it's just, there's also the side of that's human too. So bringing that level of comfort to the bench, like we'll let our coaches worry about that. We just got to worry about, you know, whether we're on the power play or we're killing, um, the rest will take care of itself, but we got to focus on what's going on at hand. So I feel like that's been something that I could bring, um, to the team, just, that level of comfortness um, to guys who might, you know, lose their emotions in those, those types of situations. Well, other than the opportunity to play in the 100th Memorial, 104th Memorial Cup presented by Dow, what made going to Saginaw so enticing versus say signing a, an AHL deal? I think the the thing that was most exciting about it, obviously with, you know, the Memorial Cup, but it's such a young, exciting team um, with such like high octane offense, which, you know, when I think about myself is not a huge part of my game, but that's somewhere where I feel like I can develop a lot. Um, and coming to a team like this, that is so skilled and develop developing players on the offensive side of the game is, you know, they're known for that. Um, it's exciting for a player like me that feels like there's, you know, probably more of, uh, 
that I can, I can do on the, in the ozone. Um, but always, you know, haven't really had the confidence to do so. So playing in a system like this where I'm moving around and, you know, I'll find myself in front of the net instead of on the blue line. And, um, it's, it's exciting because, you know, everybody's excited about it too. We come and and it's like playing, you know, once you get rolling in our system, it's like playing just hockey with your friends and it's fun and it's fast and uh, it's loud and the energy's high. So uh, that's what I was most excited about. And it blew me away even more once I arrived. Have you had those conversations with, with drinks or Laz? Because I, t- I spoke to, to drinks earlier today and, and he said that him and Laz believe that there is some untapped offensive potential in you. So, you know, how nice is it to have the confidence of the GM and the coaching staff to hopefully put you in some more offensive situations this year and opportunity to, to score more. Yeah, it's, it's really all you need as a player is confidence. And I feel like that's the biggest thing with a lot of players that, you know, they don't have the confidence to make plays and they end up not making plays that, you know, they're capable of and maybe look back on film and you go, Oh, I could have done this or that. Um, But the, and that was, that was really nice to hear. It was one of the first conversations we had. We met, they mentioned that, and it's something that I've believed my whole life. Um, and I've just never really had the confidence to, to embrace that and develop that offensive side of the game. But Laz does such a, a good job at like our, our practices and skill sessions are so detailed um, with like the habits that you need to make those plays. And we work on them daily. And I feel like just the, the repetitive, um, like doing repeating that every single day uh, gives you the confidence to try those moves in games. And he gives, he also is, is a type of coach where if you're trying to make a good play, like he understands like mistakes will happen. So that also gives you confidence to be able to, you know, you're not, you're not scared to make that mistake if you're going to try an offensive play. And, um, but I've found myself already developed a ton on the offensive side of just edge work and different ways to escape guys uh, to keep possession of the puck, which is a big part of our game. Now, last year you were voted, you know, the second best defensive defenseman in the the Eastern Conference, um, and you played alongside a really offensive guy in Brant Clark when you when you were in Barry. So, how can you help a young offensive defenseman like Zane Parekh, who broke that uh, rookie goal scoring record last year? Yeah, uh, wicked player. Um, you know, learn learn a lot off guys like that um, every day. I felt like myself, uh, you know, trying to take take little things that I could off. Obviously Clarky last year, we gelled really well um, in that second half and, and being around Z every day. Um, those players, like I, the biggest thing for me is giving them a sense of comfort when they're on the ice to be able to do those and, you know, jump up with the play and know that, you know, I'm back. I have their back. I'm, um, you know, if things go sideways and I'm back there, but um, I think for them, it's just, like they, they play the game at such a high speed and they think, you know, differently than everybody else does and on a different level than a lot of players do in this league and um, just allowing them to play. And I feel like I, I learned how to play with players like that playing with Clarky last year. Um, you know, you just have to react off them. And that's really the biggest thing um, is to let them play their game and you can react off them, uh, whether that's switching sides or different things or different outlets, but um Z's going to have a great year uh, and obviously a career. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a real good hockey player. And then the other guy that everybody's going to talk about on Saginaw is obviously Michael Misa. You played alongside Shane Wright for a long time in Kingston. 
how are those two players similar? How are they different? You know, maybe the way they, their mentality is because those, you know, those high end guys usually have a different approach. Yeah. I think the, the thing with those guys is just the want to get better every day. Um, the little things, um, and really it's just the, the talent, like the, they're just gifted. They're gifted hockey players, gifted humans. Um, I feel like the biggest thing with those kind of players is they, like I said, with, and it's the same with Z and Clarky had put them in the same category. Like they're players that think the game at a completely different level at such a young age. Um, and you learn off them so easily in the plays and seeing them. And I've honestly been really lucky to be around players like that because, I think having those guys on your team and especially with the, the spirit this year and we'll only get better as the year goes on is it pushes you to be better every day in practice. So, you know, taking a three on two against, against me, like every single day, like our two on one or like, you know, learning how they think and how they react, but it's also, you could ask them things like, you know, they beat you. It's like, they see little things, whether it's the position of your feet or your stick that they beat you on um, that you can learn off players like that so um he's blown me away as well um so i'm honestly just excited to watch these guys you know make sick plays out there it's going to be sweet that's what Laz always says go out there and make sick plays so <laughs> it's kind of it's funny um but it's honestly a big part of our game and it's just being he allows those players to be creative so players like that um they thrive in saginaw system so then you know kind of sum up what type of team the you, you've kind of hit on it a few times here, but what kind of team is the Saginaw spirit going to be this year? Yeah. A high octane team. Um, you know, one of the biggest things we work on every day is being so strong defensively as well in our D zone arrivals and, and just being super annoying to play against. We're going to be all in your face on the four check and the ozone. Uh, you have no idea where anybody is. That's kind of our thing. Um, and we're just going to transition really fast. Um, super hardworking, fast team, moves the pucks fast. Um, but we're going to be physical too. And I think that's the biggest thing. Nobody has any space in our D zone, and that's what allows us to keep playing fast in the O zone. So we're a team that's just going to wear teams down over and over again. How important is it to get the message that, you know, team success will lead to individual success for some of the guys that are coming up, you know, um, either looking to get contracts or looking to get drafted or just making a name for themselves. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing for us this year, I feel like is the opportunities there. Like we're going to get the opportunity. We're being followed all year. Um, obviously those, um, the spirit rising, like the behind the scenes, like there's a lot, there's a lot of following around our team this year. And, um, the message every day has just been like, the better we are as a group and the more we can perform because we like, we don't want to go into this Memorial cup as a host. Like we want to go in champions. We believe we can be champions of this league. Um, and our team's only going to grow and get better as, as weeks go on. And, um, you know, the rest will take care of itself, but that's the message every day is that you have to buy into the system. And if, if you don't want to buy into the system and play the way we're playing, it's simple. You just won't be in Saginaw anymore. Um, that's been the message from day one. Um, so everyone's bought in and really you just stick out like a sore thumb if you don't buy in here. So, um, it's been, that's, what's made it so fun is everyone's on the same page and you've got a group of, you know, 23 men that are all driven to do the same thing plus staff. So, yeah. I know you guys have only played three games so far, but 
do you kind of embrace the target that's going to be on your back this year? And, and maybe, you know, how much can that benefit you guys knowing that everybody is going to try to knock you guys off this year as hosts of the Memorial cup? Yeah, I think also, it also brings a, um, it, it grows us as a team because we're going to get every team in the league's best game. Every night we play them, everyone's going to want to beat us. They're going to want to say, you know, we beat the spirit, all their hosts in the Mem Cup. We beat them. So I feel like we're going to get, we're, we know we're going to get every team's best game every night, which is only going to make us better. And we love that um, in the room. Uh, we embrace that, but we also know where we need to be. So we hold ourselves at a very high expectation of where we need to be every single day that leads to the weekends that leads to wins that need to go in the bank. Cause you know, we want to finish on the top of the league. Nobody's perfect. So maybe what, what kind of areas are you guys still trying to make some, you know, make some adjustment on and, and improve upon? Yeah, I think the, well, the biggest message this last couple of weeks as we go into the season is, as being, you know, we're so high octane offense, like I talked about that, we need to be the same in the D zone. We need to be the same, super hard to play against. Um, and the biggest thing we've talked about is just making it so hard for teams to get set in our zone. We don't want anybody to get set in our zone um, and throughout our system. And we've been working on um, just creating turnovers right off the hop, being able to go the other way. So uh, that's the biggest thing that that we're working on right now. Um, and it's honestly come real quick in a couple, matter of a couple of practices. Guys' habits are already changing. So um, we'll see that translate to the ice soon. You mentioned the the Spirit Rising uh, nine-part docuseries that, that's, you know, they're following you around all, all this year. Um, first, how cool is that to have that for you guys this year? And then, you know, what are you kind of hoping – that fans can get from that docuseries. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, as any hockey players dream in this journey to have it documented is really fun and it's cool and be able to watch those, those episodes, you know, you get goosebumps every time you see like the first one is pretty cool. And it's only, it's only going to get cooler once you get more into the hockey aspect in our journey throughout the season and the ups and downs that'll follow. Um, but really the biggest thing, and I feel like that's what the the players in the league want to see too. And what I've had the, the pleasure of um, and the honor of being able to be a part of it now is how professional hockey is in Saginaw from the organization, like top down our facilities, uh, the way things are run, uh, lads and drinks and just, everything to do around the organization has, has been so pro Um from my time here so far that I feel like that's not very known around the league. Like this is, this is a spot to play. This is a spot that players should want to come in here and play, should want to be traded here, should want to be drafted here. Um, playing here is, um, has been, and what I think is one of the best places to prep yourself to try and make it to the next level um, because of how they run things. Um, so I hope that, that's a big thing that uh, is seen around the league and, and in fan bases. And there should just be more, there is a lot of excitement around Saginaw, but in the general side of junior hockey, there should be a lot of excitement about, about playing in Saginaw. And if people are looking to watch that first episode, they can go back and watch the replay of it on CHL TV. Um, you got to play Kingston three times after you were traded last year. 
You don't play Barry until February 3rd. You know, what was it like when you first played against Kingston? What do you think it's going to be like when you play against Barry? Yeah, it was weird. I spent a lot of time in Kingston. Uh, love the city and the organization. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, you know, really grew as, you know, from 16 to, to 19 there. So um, it was uh, it was weird for sure. Um it was honestly weirder playing because I played Kingston pretty pretty quick off the hop. We actually lost in Barry, so that made it even better not. But uh, it was it was more comfortable playing against them in Kingston just because of the level of comfort. You know, I had pretty much grown up in that rink for the last three years, so stepping on that ice was pretty comfortable to me. Um, but no, playing Barry will be the same thing. Obviously, I had a shorter stint there, um, just the back half, but uh, really – awesome organization that you know we had a lot of mutual respect and um it'll be it'll be fun to go back there obviously it's uh real close to home too so it was always fun playing in that barn knowing that you guys are hosting the memorial cup how often do you will you uh kind of keep tabs on on the other leagues uh, the the qmjhl and the whl yeah well we already look at uh, just rosters of past years, uh, you know, where we need to be, um, have watched games of past Memorial Cups, last year's Memorial Cup, um, where we need to be as a team and holding ourselves to that standard. We know that it's, uh, you know, obviously it's it's different with trades in other leagues too. Those teams stack up, you know, there's not a lot of teams that try and go for it in those leagues. So uh, the teams are that much better um, with then opposing teams in the league. Um, so we understand that, um, you know, the talent and where we need to be as a team needs to be better than those teams. So obviously we'll keep an eye out for it. Um, but our first focus is obviously being the most dominant team in the OHL. And just when you're out and around, you know, the, the Great Lakes Bay region, what, what's the vibe around there right now? I, I, you know, I've heard things, I hear it's getting, everybody's getting excited, but from, from a player's perspective, what's it like? It's awesome. I've actually had um, the privilege of, of visiting all the spots now. Uh, we went to dinner in Midland uh, not that long ago, which is a nice spot, and then Bay City. Um, and I spent the day in Frankenmuth walking around the other day, which is where a lot of the Mem Cup stuff's going to be. And uh, what an awesome town. Um, but like uh, Craig Gosling said in, in the Spirit Rising um, interview, obviously he's been here his whole life, but um it's just there's a buzz around like all the time like there's a you know we got a big new mural that's outside our rink now um like there's just a buzz that's around the city um that you kind of feel all the time like you know you're walking by big or driving by big screens on the highway and they've got you know mem cup stuff all over it and it's just to to know that you're a part of that is is so cool um but at the same time, you, you got to pinch yourself and you're like, okay, hey, I want to just, you know, enjoy the journey too. We can't look forward too much. Well, after, uh, after you guys face Flint, you go off to uh, familiar stomping grounds for you to the Eastern Conference and, and, and Oshawa, Mississauga. Um, you know, how much are you looking forward to just getting back into a flow of the regular season and, and getting in some, some meaningful games again now? Yeah, it's awesome. Like we had a bit of a, a slower start schedule wise. Um, I think we've played like the least amount of games in the league at the at the point we are right now. But it's going to be fun to get like a full weekend and like a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday on the road where we leave Thursday. So 
Um, that starts early too. Um, so it's going to be fun. I think it's also good for the young guys and for us to just start to get into a swing of things. Like we did the first weekend and then we only had one game this past weekend. So it was a, it was a bit of a slower start, but, um, it's fun once you get rolling and you get into just, you know, you're practicing the week, you got a full weekend ahead and you just get into the, into the grind of things. So, uh, it's a big weekend for us. Uh, we need all the points. Um, you know, everything starts now. Um, you know, we don't want to look back and think that we, could have had two points in these games that that'll be going for, you know, maybe a Western conference banner. So um, for us, it's, it's a business trip, but it's going to be exciting. It's fun. Awesome. Braden, thank you very much for this. Uh, good luck against Flint and good luck this weekend and the rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Make sure you tune in next week where I will welcome back TSN's director of scouting, Craig Button. We'll see who Craig thinks has the potential to join the Saginaw spirit at the 104th Memorial Cup presented by Dow. Until next time.